You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about mary and faithful broken english on the line i have rob so ben hello john hey and cow hi there broken english is the seventh studio album by english singer mary and faithful it was released on the 2nd of november 1979 by island records the producer was mark mundy and the genre is new wave and we're going to read from the book bruno mcdonald she could have played Sid Vicious's mother, literally. Instead, having spent a decade in a dope-addled wilderness, Marion Faithful opted not to appear in the Sex Pistols movie The Great Rock and Roll Swindle, but to challenge her punk-fueled fury into an album. The energy and directness of punk was sheer inspiration for Faithful. Musically, Broken English owes nothing more to her more familiar musical heritage. The Rolling Stones and the pretty ballads that first made her name there is an electronic throb of broken English, the spacey blues of brain drain, the blue-eyed soul of guilt. Working Class Heroes is an icy yet electric with, imp- with vocals that sound more like the sneers of Marion Antoinette than the bitter everyman of Lennon's original. The edgy electronic, the ballad of Lucy Jordan, is a mix of melancholy and melody that would be ABBA-esque if it were not for the ravaged vocals. But the track for which Broken English remains notorious is Why'd You Do It? Based on a poem by playwright Heathcote Williams, it is full of Robert Frippish guitars. The star is Marianne, enraged by her own partner's infidelity. She pitches up vocally between Patti Smith and Grace Jones to sm- snarl lyrics of which Why'd You Spit on My Snatch is not even the nastiest. The album kickstarted a recovery that led to masterpieces such as 1987's Strange Weather, but not even when she sang with Metallica would Marion make Jaws drop as she did with Broken English. All right, what do we think of Marianne Faithful, Broken English? Love it. That's a good fucking record, man. Yeah. This, is, this record's pretty cool. I'd never heard it before. It's cool. Yeah. Same. I knew Marian Faithful from old Marian Faithful. I mean, albums in the in London in the '60s and the sort of uh, what would you say pop and folk scene. But I had no idea that she had a career after uh, with this sort of electronic music and Steve Winwood. This is yeah, such this a departure. This record took me a while to get through because I listened to the first track like a dozen times. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't know if it's like seasonal affective disorder or something, or just, just kind of a, a general. I listened to that that track a lot, and I connected to it, and then I looked it up, and uh, 
broken English was like some kind of a terrorist sect or something in the late seventies. Yeah. Well, it, it was something that she saw as a subtitle to a documentary about the Bader Meinhof, like terrorist group. Like they said at the bottom, like broken English, spoken English as in the subtitles. And she liked the word. English. Mm. Those yeah. were the same uh, folks that Devo said were hanging out at Connie Plink's uh, uh, recording studio when they were there. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back to Devo. Thank the, goodness. The, uh, is that the RAF, like the Red Army faction, or am I mistaken here? Correct. Yeah, I think those are tied together. Like it, yeah. it basically translates into that. Yeah. You know what this reminded me a lot of, uh, or I got a lot of like, I don't know, oral whiffs of, uh, would be Grace Jones, what she would end up doing like a little bit later. Like I, mm-hmm. now reminded me a lot of what, what she got into. Yeah. Um, yeah, bro. What song we're on second song right what? now. Yeah. Which song. song. Yeah. Like it reminds me of, uh, like some Fleetwood Mac action off of rumors. Okay. Like, Stevie Nicks is pretty witchy. Mm-hmm. She's very that, witchy. Is that a smoldering voice? Yeah. This song was covered by Anna Hatfield in The Craft. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, can we talk about Marion Faithful's voice and the evolution of her voice? Yeah. I, I, I've never really followed her that much, but I, I was, you know, I, I know what, what her first hit. Uh, uh, she She recorded... As tears go by, as tears go by before the Stones did, even though it's a it's a a Jagger Richards uh, composition, and I know that, and I, I knew her kind of in the '60s as kind of yeah, it was like folk pop darling, and her voice on those recordings, man, it's just like what a difference ten years can make, you know? Well, and and ten years of what happened in those ten years, ten, ten years of rough living, and and. And I like her voice on Broken English, you know, like she, yep. and, and especially for the subject matter of what he's what she's singing about, it really fits. But it's just so far from what I thought was what Marianne Faithful sounded like. It is no only sure. knowing her early career. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It 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 almost sounded when I put this on. I thought I had almost the wrong record because I had heard you know those early. Uh, songs that she had done she had a bit of a sweet voice i think it helps though um when you when you're thinking about this this album because she you can tell she's a singer she has the the cadence and the knowledge of how to present a song and how where to take breaths and you know how to use her Mm -hmm. voice in a song it's just that she has that rasp and I can back up and, and go right. into a little It'll like break halfway through a note. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I can uh, say a little background on her is after ending her relationship with Mick Jagger in 1970, losing custody of her son, she went into a tailspin, suffered heroin addiction, lived on the streets of London. Uh, she uh, had severe laryngitis coupled with persistent drug abuse. Um, and it, permanently altered her voice leaving it cracked in a lower pitch she did though uh when she was homeless and uh anorexic heroin junkie producer uh mike leander tracked her down on the streets of soho in 1971 and tried to help her revive her career with the album rich kid blues unfortunately the album was shelved until 1985 but it did help her to spur her to keep recording 
and she attempted to make a comeback in 1976 with the release of Dream in My Dreams, which noted only small success. Um, but shortly afterwards, Faithful began working on music with musician Barry Reynolds, who initially produced the songs for Broken English and Why'd You Do It? The demos then attracted the attention of Chris Blackwell uh, from Island Records, who signed uh, Faithful to his record label. And then it, it, it took the producer of... Um, Mark Miller Mundy. Uh, yeah, Mark Mundy. And she she recognizes that he was trying to you know make a name for himself, and then he brought in uh, other players, and he thought that he could he could contemporize what she was doing and and bring in like Steve Winwood and all these other characters to sort of like make it a contemporary uh, album, I guess. And I think like it, these it the works keyboard, the keyboard lines that were I, I believe Steve Winwood played all the key lines. They were recorded after the fact, right? It's like she recorded an album and then it was like, well, let's kind of let's try to see if we can make this jive more with the, the contemporary sound and and add those those uh, those key uh, synth textures and, and, and keyboard lines and stuff. It, every song um, gave me something different to think about or it, it, it's interesting. I, I just I don't know. This album just comes at you. And it, uh, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to, how to perceive this album. It's, it's unlike a lot of albums that we've, that we've covered before. I mean, uh, the ballad of Lucy Jordan uh, is like a feminist icon. Um, I don't, I don't think she wrote that. I think it was recorded by a male artist. It was, it was written by Shel Silverstein and it was recorded by Dr. Hook Dr. Uh, who Don. did a cover of the Rolling Stone, which was also Shel Silverstein. Yeah, her version of that, though. I mean, it shows up in, like, Thelma and Louise. Yeah, that song, like, brain drain, working class hero. Uh, really, really hit me. Um, I had never heard that song before. And, John yeah, that Lennon's, last have track. You heard, have you heard John Lennon's version, Kyle? Never. Oh. Oh, yeah, man. Check that out. Check out it, that Plastic Ono band record. It fucking rips. It's the whole it? album. The whole plastic yeah, record man, is fantastic. We covered it. I, I assume this is a record you guys did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's really good. Yeah. Like it, my, my, my preferred, uh, but I, I think it's the best stuff that he, he had ever done personally, but let's not talk about the Beatles. Let's talk about, I agree. Well, with let's Rob. talk about how her, how her, uh, Marianne faithful's version, uh, measures up to that. What do you guys think? I think it's better. Okay. Uh, but album more than I prefer the Lennon version, yeah. but I really like Marianne's version as well. Yeah, they're different. It's hard mm -hmm. to choose. This, this, I like this song in general. No matter who sings it, I think it's a really powerful song. Mm -hmm. I think when you couple that song with the power of her voice, because her voice is, you know, treats and put back, you know, like she's been through a lot and you can hear it in the voice because of the way it physically changed her vocal yeah. cords, but also because of you know what she lived through you know and and to hear that voice sing those words i don't know it it, it felt stronger to me than what lennon had experienced thing that you said during your uh your initial introduction uh birch was something like something about being sung by marie antoinette is that what you said yeah uh 
so I, I think she they were characterizing it as being carefree and not uh, uh what would you say Mary and Faithful is literally nobility it's true that's gonna the come Austro-Hungary. up in, in the quiz later oh there's a- <laughs> yeah we got a quiz later don't worry I did want to point out that this is uh, this did harken back to Lady in Satin by Billie Holiday uh, with that sort of raspy voice late later in her career. But the when I thought back to that album of the raspiness, it was complemented by these soothing strings, this big orchestra. And I remember thinking I, I wasn't so into it because it it didn't present her voice in a way that I thought fit with the music. This fits very well with this music. It's compl- it, it complements it some in some way that I feel like it, it's a strange compliment. It's sort of like uh, when Leonard Cohen has his uh, sort of 80s phase and somehow he gets synth those synth sounds to sound good with his old raspy voice. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is that, I hear you. Yeah. that makes that happen, but it's like these, uh, these sort of raspy singers, uh, they can do things like folk and country, but somehow if you're good enough, you can, you can kind of transcend into this, uh, sort of like that digital space, the sort of 80s space. Yeah, um, to add on to that, Ben, um, have you ever listened to the album Yellow? Y-E-L-L-O, Yellow? Your, your dad is like really into oh, that my, record? One, one of my dad's favorite records? Is that what you're talking about? Um, uh, I've, never sat, I've never sat down with it, but, uh, but uh, I've heard it uh, by proxy through my entire childhood, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, the first track on here reminds me a lot of Broken English. Like when I first put it on, I was like, "Oh, this sounds like the Yellow album." <laughs> I, I, the first track on the Yellow album um, is like is this. It, is, that, is it? Oh yeah, is that the first track on it? Of oh, course not. Yeah. not ben. Of course not, Ben. <laughs> um, the first the, the first track on there is like this synthy quiet thing where a raspy dude comes on. I was like, oh. So yeah, very Leonard Cohen too. Uh, just, just, just slightly uh, to follow down this tangent for maybe thirty more seconds. Kyle, have you ever seen the video for "Oh Yeah" by Yellow? A couple times. It's, dude, it's so good. Are we talking about Yellow's album? No, we're definitely for this not. podcast. <laughs> good luck. Oh no! It's like th- those dudes get how goofy that song is and they made the perfect music video for it and uh and 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 
and for that, I respect them. Uh, I was going to say, Marion Faithful, she knew she wasn't going to handle this album by herself, so she was pretty happy to have uh, Mark Mundy there uh, to do the producer. She said, you can't imagine what it's like, you know, she has no respect uh, within the, the music business, so she was she was glad to have someone there uh, that had some good ideas uh, to work with her to, to kind of get this album out, and she considers it uh, her masterpiece. She says yeah, that yeah. this album I know she's super proud of it. Is yeah, she's very proud of this album. Um and she should be. I mean this this mm-hmm. uh, it did very well. It made uh 57 in the UK and uh 82 in the US charts. Uh she was on Saturday night live in night in February 1980 where her voice cracked what? and she seems strained. I, I could find it. Yeah, it's hard to find. Um in it, it she couldn't even vocalize at times, so a lot of people have called it one of the worst performances on uh, Saturday Night Live. It's on oh, it's poor Marianne. It's on lists. I, I saw it on several lists, and I tried to find footage of it, and I, I couldn't find footage. Wow! Share it to the chat. Yeah, uh, I do like want to ask everybody what they think that uh, the ballad of Lucy Jordan, uh, how it ends. Because uh, okay. She says how it ends, but does anybody have a theory? I, I looked into her interpretation of it. She didn't write it, right? Yeah, Shel Silverstein wrote it. Yeah, so she didn't write it, but it um, it ends with her climbing onto a roof, right? And everybody, and then like a mm-hmm. kind man in like a long white car, uh, extends his hand. So she's going to uh, uh an asylum. Yep. Right, like a like a hospital, and that's. But uh, no, I I it's thank you for bringing that up because I looked that up on like innings, and everybody was like it's suicide, and people are like no, like well, <laughs> I I also hear like I read I read the interpretation that you you just said, and that's Marianne Faithful's interpretation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also hear you know that the. the there's the line in the first verse about feeling the wind through her hair in like a sports car in Paris. And then they revisit that imagery of the wind through her hair at the end, which could be, you know, falling off, like fall, like falling to the sidewalk. But I also, uh, you know, I, I also hear the taking the hand of the friendly man in the, in the, in the ambulance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that song was featured prominently in Thelma and Louise and a bunch of other mm-hmm. stuff. Like wind's definitely going through their hair. Yeah, yeah. With that super ambiguous ending. Yeah. 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 <laughs> super ambiguous. Who knows what happened to him? <laughs> Never know. Ben, there is an extended cut that they shot where they uh survive. I thought the canyon was full of garbage. And then they just landed on the garbage wait, wait, and everything was okay. What's that yeah, from? That's Simpsons. <laughs> oh, that is the Simpsons. I'm sorry. I've been watching a lot of the Simpsons during this quarantine. So on my first listen of this album, before I, uh, before I, I even opened Wikipedia or did any research, the song, the ballad of Lucy Jordan, I was like, Oh man, this reminds me like the, not necessarily lyrically, but like, uh, like melody wise, the cadence of the melody reminds me a bit of that old Dr. Hook song, Sylvia's mother, mm. uh, which is a song about being at a payphone and, and, and calling, 
calling Sylvia long distance, but uh, it's not important. Uh, he doesn't have enough money in the payphone. But it remind it reminded me musically and cadence wise of that song. Uh, that song was also written by Shel Silverstein, and it was also first recorded by Doctor Hook. So I guess it's no surprise that that it reminded me of it. It's, yeah. it's weird. It, it, it's weird just hearing a Marianne Faithful version of a song, and it re- reminds me of a different song. But both songs were written by the same person and previously recorded by the same artist. I guess it's just uh, it's a ghost in the machine, you know. When you're a songwriter or writer like Shel Silverstein, you have such a distinct style. I guess it doesn't. Shel does have a distinct style, absolutely. Oh, so it's kind of that like uh, wry fatalism, I guess. I don't know what you would call Shel Silverstein, but he's like he's not one to shy away from things that are tough, but he puts them in a in a sort of a a, a, a childlike format almost. Does anyone like, else remember being a young adult and realizing that Shel Silverstein was not just the light in the attic guy? That, like, that he wrote for Playboy. He wrote for Playboy and he wrote for Johnny Cash and he like his career is so much bigger than just the light in the attic that you read in third grade. Yeah, I learned a lot about Shel Silverstein uh, from stealing 70s Playboys from uh, half price books. <laughs> nice, bro. Hey, keeping Eat it real. Internet. <laughs> 70s Playboys are the ones thief what do you think of why'd you do it <laughs> oh love it so that um cool. like um they wanted tina turner to sing that <laughs> yeah. oh man and then marianne faithful was like she would never sing that let me do it yeah they're like all right <laughs> excellent yeah. banger banger yeah it's it's uh Cause some controversy for sure. Yeah, she goes there. She goes. It was banned in Australia for for like twenty years. Proxy. She goes there. Yeah, plethora of four-letter words and explicit references of oral sex. I looked up the lyrics. She had cobwebs on her fanny. And I've been giving to the poor or something like that. Is how yep. that that line. Yeah, man. Why'd you do it? So fucking good. I had to sweep it out. Yeah. Uh, was, that, was anyone else surprised that it was banned in Australia of all places? Like Australia is actually notorious. Very weird. Around, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, they ban a lot of stuff actually. Oh, yeah, a lot of films <laughs> are are strictly banned in Australia. It's they're very uh, conservative in that fashion. And I think Very that the EMI for a former prison colony, the EMI production was yeah. in Australia, and so the line workers who were doing the lyrics sheets, I think, were the most upset about the song, and they might have brought it to the Australian authorities' attention. Oh, that's wild! Yeah, uh, yeah, I heard that song though, and I was like, "Oh, this song's nasty! <laughs> like, <laughs> this is peaches. <laughs> this is like peaches level." I wasn't prepared for it from Marian faithful but yeah she goes there it reminded me of uh when i was 12 years old and my mom came into my room and found a a too short because the rapper too short anybody oh yeah yeah, yeah. and my mom was like he was rapping about women's menstruation <laughs> i was like hey. <laughs> so, this is kind of the prototypical too short you know song why'd you do it like it's
Are you guys ready for your uh, quiz? Yes. Okay. Sure. Yes. It's a Marian Faithful quiz. Uh, it's short, though. Uh, which Rolling Stones song was allegedly about her breakup? And for extra, which Rolling Stones bandmate was it? It was Jagger. Uh, Wild Horses. Correct. It was Mick Jagger nice. and Wild Horses. Nice, bros. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it's alleged that uh, some of the so- song of Wild Horses was about Marion Faithful. It's a damn right. good song. It's funny, I never knew that Graham Parson dated uh, Marion Faithful. Yeah, that's true. Oh! <laughs> uh, <clears throat> which old friend and poet named her Professor of Poetics uh, Jack Kerouac's School of Disembodied Poets? So which old friend and poet named her? Ginsburg? I don't know. Burroughs? Allen Ginsburg. Very good. Nice. You guys nice. are doing great. All right, number three. Faithful was the first to, first to do this in a movie in 1967. Fart. Use a toilet. The first time the F word was spoken in a movie was by Faithful in the 1967 film I'll Never Forget forget what's its name no shit no shit yep uh last one that's 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 huge yeah blazer uh last one uh through her mother marion is a direct descendant of the infamous 19th century austrian nobleman count leopold von sacra mesic uh sacra mesic what infamous erotic novel did the Count write that spawned the word masochism? Oh, Venus in Furs. Correct. Venus in mm. Furs. Uh. We're good at quizzes around here. I guess so. Good job, you guys. Get the knights. Yeah. I do. Uh. Oh, man. I would drink beers and eat some Taco Bell. Still have a uh, gift certificate to that um, pizza place we went to the night before we went to the gathering of the Juggalos, <laughs> and they closed down. <laughs> Wonderful! I, I hope that you can enjoy that pizza if the restaurant is still open after all this shit's done. They closed. Hey, Kyle, <laughs> wouldn't that be in your town? Yes. <laughs> yeah, he just never went back and got pizza. Where did where where was the gift certificate to? Was it Rockets? No, it wasn't Rockets. Or... No, it was that fancy ass, like Neapolitan style place on the square. King, it was Kingdo. Yeah. King... Are they still there? I think there's no. still one in Indianapolis that serves pizza by the slice. Oh, they're no longer. If... Yeah. They moved out of Bloomington. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Shut down. You're, you're Re- have to eat that coupon, man. Related pizza story, I'll tell real quick. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so there's a place that used to be. Uh, in Bloomington called the Monroe County Pizza Department and had a little sheriff star on it, on the, like, logo. And Ann and I used to joke forever. We are like, oh, we're going to go to Monroe County Pizza Department. You know, it's it, it just felt like it was, like, a cop station or something. And we knew the pizza had to be terrible. There's no way it's, you know, good pizza. We yeah, knew there was, was a badge in their logo. Yeah, exactly. We just, it was like every single time we'd joke, oh, we're going to go to that one day, and it's across town. That's the other thing, is it's, you know, 20 minutes away. It's really far. So one night, we're like, we're going to get pizza. And then we're like, 
Let's get Monroe County Pizza Department. We're going to do it. This is the night we're going to go and do it. We drive there. There was a fire that day. (laughs) (laughs) And we never had it. Oh, no. (laughs) They never opened back up. And we just chalked it up to being a fate. (laughs) That was probably like a dirty cop money laundering thing. Oh, I'm sure it was. (laughs) All right, Marianne Faithful. <laughs> Great record. <laughs> Five stars. Yeah, I, yeah. A real pleasant surprise. I did not yeah. know what, what I was getting into, and I'm really happy I got into it. Same. Um, like I said, I listened to this title track a dozen times in the past week, and it helped me. This is a crazy uh, time. Absolutely, Kyle. Uh, I, I also suffer from seasonal affective disorder, and I try to take uh, I try to take walks during the day during my lunch break, and it's all gray out, just cold and gray and depressing. But this album was like a hand in glove. Oh, nice, Ben. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, it it it, it matched it matched the, the way the world looked and felt, and it made for a nice walk. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, I what it was. I just that song was so cathartic for the past week. Yeah. Uh, everybody on the podcast. And then when I found the title, I was like, oh. Yes, very positive. Okay. <laughs> Listen to this record. Come on. Yeah, I think this is one. Why'd of you the, do it? We 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 cool did uh, uh, a lot of stuff with this book, and we we give it a lot of crap, but it definitely delivers uh, when it delivers, and. This is another one that I don't know if any of us were aware of or had knowledge of beforehand. No. And and yeah, good job. I, I love being introduced to new uh, new things, especially like comeback albums like this. Yeah, uh, that Dion album was garbage, in my opinion. Um, oh, I liked it, but uh, this one's fine. <laughs> What'd you say? You like Dion? Would you have the, I, I liked I, that Dion comeback record. I thought it was oh, cool. Interesting. Is it Dion Warwick? No, no, no. no, no Dion and the Belmonts. Like Dion, yeah. like uh, like run around suit. Dion Sanders. No, oh, like, oh. Dion, like, uh, like I'm the Wanderer, Dion. Oh yeah, that poor guy. He killed himself right before he no, got invited of, into. Huh? You're thinking of Del Shannon. Del. No, Del, Del Shannon killed himself before joining the Traveling Wilburys. Dion. Was in Dion and the Belmont, Belmonts, a doo-wop group in the 50s, and then he had a career in the 60s. Uh, you know, he did The Wanderer, Runaround Sue, Lovers Who Wander, and then he did, uh, he he had some socially conscious uh, folk songs like Abraham, Martin, and John, and then he had a comeback, which I enjoyed, and apparently Birch did not. No. I did not think it was uh, nah. a come, comeback. Uh, all right. This Next. really is Robert Fripp guitars. Very Bit Robert of my scratch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right next time we'll be talking about the slits cut all right thanks yeah, you know yeah, why, yeah, <laughs> it's full of cobwebs <laughs> you at home and they hit you at school 
Till you're so fucking crazy You can't follow the 